1: Hello everyone and welcome to Midweek Motorsport. It's Series 15, Episode 21, and it's just after 8pm in the UK. I'm John Hindoff, and up in London is Tim Gray. On a packed show tonight, we have what, Tim?
2: Uh, hang on, I think perhaps that John might be using imposter this week. To, no, uh... no,
1: no,
3: that was me all the time, that's exactly what I sound like. Okay, that's fine. Okay, no need, there's nothing to say here, move on.
2: Fair enough. On the show tonight, we've got all the usual features. Uh, we'll be joined by Nick Damon to uh, look at uh, some of the week's news stories. Uh, we've got a big interview with uh, James Cameron, uh, and uh, we'll be previewing tomorrow night's IMS Racing Pro Series
3: race, which, which is, is going at to be VIR. another cra- yeah, another cracker. The big question tonight, as you will have guessed from our opening, is if a real world driver. Use a talented sim racer for him in a sim race. Is it absolutely necessary that he loses his real-world drive? We should have got McNish on to talk about this. He's his team manager, isn't he? Uh, you've, you've seen it. You've heard about it. The guys on Tora tomorrow night will be talking about it massively. Big question tonight. Aspect entertainment. Uh, is Does the punishment fit the crime for Christian Apt? Let's have your thoughts, Play Aspect entertainment.
2: Do we have any apologies for absence? Uh, very good,
3: very good. Oh, uh, very good. This is just going to run and run, isn't it? Uh, Mark Atkins says, back again with the ill behaviour and a new Twitter name. Listening for live from uh, 2100 tonight. 2100. Where though? Are you in? You're going to miss the first hour. Uh, Nick H. All the usual features, uh, plus the SpaceX Falcon 7 launch at 33 minutes past. Nine UK this evening so we might just be looking skyward for that Rob Chalmers and ab- apologies for absence tonight thank you Tim uh, after the negativity of recent days I'm going to watch the Space X crew of Dragon launches I need a bit of positivity and inspiration from the wider world first well if you don't count the two balloons launches um, the record launch and Felix Baumgartner's launch which wasn't the record of course Uh, well it was a record for a week but they went just about into space but if you don't count those then it's the first manned space launch from American soil since I think 2011 isn't it Uh, Oliver Giles
2: since uh, from uh, um, Baikonur which is in Kazakhstan is it and also from Guyana
3: Oliver Giles, split up from America. Uh, Oliver Giles says, good evening, listening to this week's show in the guarding, Exercising, practising in preparation for another instructor qualification. Good luck with that. Alex Orkin, no AFAs after a supper of marinated pork medallions, roast potatoes and cavallonero. Oh, bleh, bleh. cavallonero, bleh. Looking forward to a packed and mildly contentious. I thought that said contagious there for a moment. Mildly contentious show this week. See you in the ether. What's your problem
2: with Cavallonero? I know you don't like green vegetables, but it's not green, so you should
3: like it. Mm. Uh, Oh, that was Air Force One that was arriving, not Air Force Two. um, Then, so Portis is on his way to watch a private company put astronauts into space. Uh, David Raleigh, the fabulously named David Raleigh. Uh, Go to tune in tonight, but only for half an hour, just to make sure that my ears work. And then if they do, I'll listen to the rest of the show. Tuning in live from Barnard Castle. Uh, the Angry... Stop, just don't get me started on that. Uh, the Angry Pothole saying no AFAs tonight. Listening while doing four hours of Sebring against my son and some of his friends. A fool's errand. Your son and some of his friends will win. <laughs> you know it. Uh, Magnus Berglund finishing the body for his one Serpent while listening tonight. And looking at the picture. I'm going to retweet that actually. Um, fabulous colour scheme on that from a company, renowned, a clothing company, which looks like it might be um, going into administration. Opportunity to buy the rights for the Renown colour scheme and then stick it on race cars. Just saying. Um, I've been told by the responsible adult that I have eaten cavallonero. Nero and I might just not have known about it. I've had it in a cocktail at the Virgin Atlantic Lounge, definitely. Or was that kale? I can't remember. Chris Suku, no AFAs tonight, only proper use for cavallonero Nero or kale is in cocktails. No AFAs tonight for Chris, listening to the show for all the midweek goodness while proficiently faffing productively for about two hours. Okay. Uh... Rob listening, Rob Janet looking forward to tonight's show whilst working on a motorsport based research project. Ooh, a bit more shh and hush. Uh, right turn lover tuning in tonight. Uh, and Serafin Chu wondering if recent changes at Aston Martin will be mentioned tonight. Not necessarily racing news, but I, I think we may have to mention that because one of the greatest things that Andy Palmer did was racing related and it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, Getting ready to at night while going green and returning, uh, restoring a 30 year old electric car. That's uh, RC racing there from Simon Hoff as well. Andy Garrett, Jack and I waiting post barbecue like coiled springs for this week's Midweek Motorsport. Excellent. Uh, Tyler Kinghorn, Watching the three streams of the SpaceX NASA launch, So not tuned in to us? Uh, Don't really both
2: both. to be honest. No, uh, everyone's listen, watching a rocket.
3: It's not everybody. And, and listen, it's a big bang for a very short time. Story of my life, really. Then the um, rocket launch as well. Yeah, ha but i Tish. Kevin Payne, listening tonight. Plenty to discuss. Hopefully, the virtual Le Mans will go ahead. Uh, as driver panic over participation in e-racing continues. Carol Brink, fishing boats in Monterey Bay. And uh, that boy, Kevin's still there as well. Hello, Kevin Kevin and Carol. I usually grab the podcast in the evening. US time, says Donald D. Riddell. Uh, But tuning in live for a change. Welcome, Donald. Welcome to the collective as well. No AFAs for dirty Uncle Kevin parked on the couch with his cat, Bruce Claren, sitting not too bad. Uh, and Phil listening in but keeping an eye on the launch. That's safe, Phil. Oh, not walking out tonight, Phil. Excellent, thank you. Uh, slow pass, tuning in with a fresh cup of coffee from Oklahoma. And Jonathan I. Iso, uh belated AFAs. EF, uh, uh, Gregory Higgins, uh, no apologies uh, I am D ring D winging. Now that looks to be from the design of the wing and the wheel. But that's a 924 Porsche. Uh, D winging Nikki, which is the 924, and Porsche Porsche lizard green. Oh, is, is that lizard green or viper green? Gregory Higgins. I want to see pictures of that when it's finished. Stephen Gardner working. On the main computer, listening in, Bundesliga on the TV, space launch on the laptop and a 124 GTLM Ford 4 GT half decalled. Uh, doing the other side after work. Excellent. Uh, will we have a space launch show break at 4.33 Eastern? We're going to try and, and get that sorted. David Walton, hello. Can't think of any news for this week, says David. Spooner in orange uh, and is... Ready for the attainment launch tonight on Midweek. Oh, no, hang on. He says I've got my schedules crossed. Uh, welcome. Uh, hello to Chris no AFAs tonight of Midweek fan. Cling Jack Martin in Australia at five o'clock in the morning. AM. Uh, getting ready for work with big coffee, breakfast and team Have a good day at work, uh, Jack. Stay safe. Daniel Summerskill listening live tonight. Interested in our opinions on apt. All
0: the latest motorsport news from around the world. Midweek Motorsport. Uh,
3: the big question, is that apt one? Was it necessary to for Audi eSports to sack Daniel apt uh, at apt? respect your tim and please. Let's have your thoughts, Tim. What's the big story tonight?
2: Well, officially he's only been suspended, not sacked. But the big story is that after six years and sixty-three races, Daniel Abt will no longer drive for Audi in Formula E. Uh, he took two wins for them, which isn't a great record out of sixty-three races. But one of those was in Berlin, uh, and he remains the only driver in Formula E to have won uh, a race on uh, in his own country. Um. Audi said, With Daniel, we celebrated great success and made enormous strides with Formula E. We're thankful for our time together and look back on it proudly. However, integrity, transparency, and consistent compliance with applicable rules, especially with regards to the past, are top priorities for us at Audi. We stand by our culture of tolerating mistakes. However, the incidents that took place during the race at home challenge. Uh, sim racing series were not a mistake, but a conscious decision to go against the rules. This is what makes the big difference for us. Therefore, unfortunately, we had no other alternative than suspending Daniel
3: Abt. Do you not think that Audi, being part of the Volkswagen AG Group... The, the
2: Volkswagen AG Group, which put software in 11 million diesel cars that... Uh, Gave full emissions
3: readings. Not that every other manufacturer didn't do exactly the same. But you're not thinking of the digital. Called. Yes, another digital. Well, Mercedes were, uh, another uh, and GM were as well a bit. Um, uh, do you not think another digital scandal was perhaps a a a bit
4: or a bite too far?
2: Uh Nick Damon joins us. Nick.
4: Hello Tim. Hello John. Hello everyone. And hello John's uh, much higher pitched alter ego as well. Um that look, was just me. I'm sorry. I was very excited for the
3: sure start. And I, you I, can't pro- disprove that. Disprove that. Line. I see. It,
2: it definitely well, came from John's Skype IP pitch. address.
4: And you've got your and you've got your hat pulled over your head. Um <laughs> look, It it seems to me that what Daniel And all has that done... weight
2: loss has made you grow some breasts as well. <laughs>
4: Let's delete that one there. The the thing about that is, it does appear, and having now seen his sort of mea culpa slash this is what I was doing video, that this was that Dale App planned a fantastic two part scam joke that unfortunately unraveled before he could reveal his reveal, and therefore uh, the reveal then looked like a convenient cover up. And basically, he's shot himself in the foot by being incredibly naive because you can't you know it's not cheating your mate it's not being one of the side men who are for those who don't know properly youtube pranksters it is a professional race run under the auspices of the organizing body where you are representing your professional racing team and racing in a charity environment Mm. now the overall concept of let's see if i can get a ringer in and pretend it's me to run in in a sim race actually do you know what in this modern day and age not a bad idea Because I think he was obviously he was going to fess up. I don't believe for a second he wanted the points or cared about it. It was a bit of a jape. It just, unfortunately, was a jape that was always doomed to be a failure and and just completely misjudged where he was racing.
3: Mm. Uh, By the way, it was Daniel Apt, not Christian Apt. Uh, I I don't know if I said it. Um, uh, Tom Firth says, not the same clear cut-firing uh, requirement as uh, as as uh, as kyle larson uh, but however daniel was representing audi so i can see why they dropped him not sure it was critical to do so rob jana think the suspension might not have happened if he was racing for another team your thoughts please was it I, I absolutely think, necessary
4: i think the problem that he did have is i think because he was still looking to try and produce this incredible reveal He didn't turn around an hour afterwards and go, no, it wasn't me, and this is why. He waited too long to go, this is the whole point of the misguided joke, which I'm sure we'd managed to get what was really going on. In, if, yeah, let's, let's trust him. Getting what's really going on. And I got that out, you know, on, I can't remember, Saturday or Sunday evening. He got that out. Look, it's part of a two-part scam. Sorry if I upset anybody. At that point, probably he'd have got away with a slap wrist. and a silly idea, young man. Do you not but... think,
3: Nick, as well, that quite a lot of people were in on it because a number of the drivers were in not very guarded terms saying, yeah, but that, you know...
4: It's well, not apparently he, was he, 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 he discussed it on WhatsApp, or he yes, discussed, exactly. discussed the concept somewhere else. So it does appear that I, I can imagine he's, he is feeling a little bit hard done by, and a little bit uh, and very silly. And my feeling is that you know he the, the interesting thing is that he's been let go by Aldi. Um, and let's let's get back to reality again, okay? He's been let go at Aldi. Aldi at Aldi. Aldi. He can't, no, can't, like, can't even go.
3: stack shelves at Aldi yeah. now.
4: You yes. take Audi. Um, you know his contract was a rolling contract. Ran out in July anyway. The, it's unlikely the F.E. season will get going again if it does Be a couple of races. He's not been stellar. And Audi have a lot of contract drivers to employ anyway next year after pulling mm. out of DTM. So it's also, let's never avoid the convenience of the situation where you can get rid of someone with no comeback who's actually been a loyal servant for six years because you need to anyway because you've got several drivers who have a long con- or contract. You need to replace. Always look with the money, John. Just follow mm. the money. Be it contract well, that's Audi. what it the is.
3: responsible adult it's always safe, says.
2: Saving them €100,000 a year at least.
3: Mm. Uh, Shea Adam has the stats uh, on uh, Formula E for uh, Daniel Apt and Degrassi. How do they stack up Lucas Degrassi and uh, Daniel Abt? Shea, good evening, by the way. Thank you for joining Hello. us for the first time tonight.
1: Hello, John. Thank you very much. Yes, it's nice to finally be on the show. Um, Luca Degrassi sweeps the board with Daniel Abt, to put it gently. Ten wins in the same time frame as Daniel's, uh, what was it, two wins? Mm-hmm. Three? Two? Um, but in terms of championship finishes, Degrassi has finished third, second, first, second, and third in the first five seasons of the championship, whereas Apt has come 11th, 7th, 8th, 5th, 7th. Mm. So in terms of comparing a teammate, if this was Formula One, Apt would have been out way long ago. His father does play a big role in the team go. as the CEO, and that's where it gets messy.
3: Correct. Yeah, I, I can uh, – Absolutely, think uh, how difficult that might be, and I, I do wonder. Uh, I, I think Nick is. I, I would normally say that Nick is being slightly too cynical, but <laughs> given the current circumstances, I find it hard to disagree with you. Um, Audi are slashing costs, aren't they, at the moment uh, by bailing out a DTM and you know various other things. And I, I, it might not be the last place that the axe ax falls, Nick. To be honest.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's, we we have yeah, we're all worried about yeah when we can go to the pub again or, or when we can see a live motor race again. But the, the fallout from the current situation is going to be, they have a long tail, and um, you know, there are people. Even this week, you've, you've fallen foul of it. Um, unfortunately, people, are obviously within the motor industry, both friends of ours and 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 people we know. And you know, it's um, it's it's a difficult situation because no one knows what will happen. No one knows what the bounce back is going to be. Is it going to be enough to keep things going? So I'm sure everything is under review.
3: Hello to Vulcan Brother, who's just joined us. Uh, uh, Covid at least got you and you. fan. Thanks a lot. He says <laughs> excellent stuff. And hello to you know Sarah Rigby tonight, Lamont, who's tuned in, Justin Henderson, for listening live for the first time in months, trying to get a sense of normality back in his life. Well, if we can do that, Justin, for you or for anybody, then that is praise indeed. Um, We've tried to keep this running on a a Wednesday night and and some of our coverage of the eSports as well to to try and make life a, a little more bearable for people. If that is working, then we're very pleased about that indeed. Hello to Ben Williams listening in while the other Torah guys are getting ready for the show tomorrow night. I suspect, Tim, that the tora show tonight at, uh, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock will cover this in even more detail from the sim racer's perspective, and yes. I think that's very important you?
2: We're, of course, looking at this from the real-world racing driver's perspective, and there's been a lot of support for Daniel. Uh, people like uh, Felix Rosenstad and Philippe Abelkirk uh, have come out in support. James Collado has said that he's going to refuse to do any more uh, sim racing. That's
3: just silly. Um, I'm afraid that is just silly.
2: Who is going to replace uh, Daniel in Real World Formula E next season?
3: It's a good quote. It's a good point.
2: Vanderlinder? Very Rast is the name oh. that I am told.
3: Ooh. Yeah, because he hasn't got a job in DTM. DTM, of course. So now it all begins to to slide in. Former DTM champion. All-round nice guy.
4: Yeah. Mm. Long-term contract. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's still following the money. He Expensive
2: stil- <laughs> exit fees, yeah.
3: Remember, remember the wire. Remember the wire, and the guy that worked in the basement, follow the money. Follow the money. That's very that good. That
2: a great uh, series. I've been uh, watching something that's very similar to the wire. What's it called? It's called Startup.
3: Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I'll it's, uh, that. it's
2: on Amazon Prime. It's oh, uh, There's that. three series of it there. Which, it's got, is it not on a
3: television somewhere?
2: Well, you can have Amazon Prime on your television. Only
3: if you subscribe, mate. it. I'm, I'm tapped out on subscriptions.
2: Um, it's got... um
3: move on. Well. Freeman in it. Oh, quite, oh, no, yes, I have. I've seen the trailer for that. David Walton on this says, Formula E punishment. Hmm. Okay, from them, they, they find him. Audi punishment debatable. But ultimately, they are his... Employers, So it is kind of up to them to what they decide. And by the way, Mark Atkins earlier on is on Central European Time, so he has been listening from the start. David Bruce is working late and listening live tonight as well. Uh, and Phil Linderman listening live from Burke Lakefront Airport, former site place. of IndyCar,
2: Cleveland. Cleveland Grand Prix. Well done. One of my favourites.
3: Yeah, always one of my favourites. No, no. If you ever played that on IndyCar, the game, back in the yes. day, absolutely no brake markers or reference points anywhere.
2: No, I didn't have IndyCar, the game, oh, but I did uh, download uh, Berk Lake Front Airport for uh, Jeff Crammon's Grand Prix oh, did 2. Oh, Oh, my And played God's it on really? that with 25 what other the... Formula 1 cars.
3: It was the first time that I heard Paul Page's voice because he was on the star hi I'm Paul Page and from Papyrus this is IndyCar it was fun. I love that uh, Matthew Hyndman Audi firing Abt or not he was a brand ambassador for Audi you could say he's brought the brand into some disrepute and if Audi has asked him or require him to take part in the FA event and he didn't not sure I can find any real issue with Audi firing him actually seems pretty fair uh, to me Alan Prosser Uh, Good evening to you, uh, Rich Tyson. also Tom Firth. uh, We mentioned that one earlier on. Why am I getting double tuts tonight? Uh, uh, He says, uh, 360 Motor Club, listening from the hot club tonight. Excellent. Um, Jonathan Main, here's an interesting point. Uh, and, And share Tim Nick. He defrauded his employer. I'm sure HR had a in it.
4: Nick. Well, yeah. I, did he? I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is the whole point. It's, it's, it's. You know, he either was going to be, you know, not particularly successful and trundle around in the 60th place or get all the publicity. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, they say no publicity is bad publicity, but yeah, I, I'm huh. not sure about the HR type of thing. I, I just think it's a, it's a prank that's gone hor- uh, in his case gone horribly <laughs> wrong and was. Um, you know, not well thought out by him in the first place, but I'm sure he's a bit surprised. It, it, obviously, he's surprised how it's turned out.
3: Yeah, David Walton <laughs> says, apparently there's a 100-driver WhatsApp group. If he discussed it, surely someone might have said it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Kevin Payne, the joke totally backfired. Highly publicised event, not just a few lads having a, a bit of a laugh. Uh, Ella Filipponi, listening live for the first time in a while. Hello there. Uh, how many times have been said during this esports rush? And we've said this: the cars are virtual, but the racing, and therefore the sponsors and mm-hmm. the commitment to your sponsors, yeah. share Adam very real indeed.
1: It's the same situation as Bubba Wallace a couple months ago, where he, he only reached sponsor... quick.
3: He only reached, exactly. quick. he didn't call anybody any names. He didn't cheat. He got put into the wall and decided it wasn't worth him rejoining.
1: Exactly. So you think about someone doing that as opposed to what Daniel App did, which was give his username in effect to somebody else to pretend to be him mm-hmm. to try and make himself look better in a race. OK, even if it was a joke, even if it was a prank that he would fess up after the fact, he still was allowing someone else to do his job for him without telling his employers that someone else was doing his job. It, it, it just reeks, honestly.
3: Uh, We'll have some of your tweets in a moment after Tim Gray says.
2: Can you claim that uh, the racing is real in the uh, virtual Formula E, given that there's no crash damage Mm. and uh, the drivers aren't really taking it very seriously anyway?
3: Well, and, and you know what? That is a very good point because there are levels of reality within sim racing. And, and, I, and I don't see that. This is
2: not Sim Racing. This is a computer game. Well, a, there is a difference.
3: Well, I, I, and, and we've I discussed agree. that before. I absolutely agree with that. And I'm not being disparaging to any of it. But, Nick Damon, you have now competed in. <laughs> a... No, you competed. You competed. And you competed with honour and with respect for the people around you.
2: Nick's laughing because he actually
3: got someone else to uh, take his place. He <laughs> exactly. really Exactly he really he really really didn't um and and there are levels of anxiety that you certainly had there are levels of professionalism from the organizing side of things and there are levels of behavior demanded by the uh, it was neo-endurance that in that, that organized the event on saturday the creventic event and creventic themselves and they demand
4: certain levels of behavior yeah and i, I think that's yeah the, the situation very much is that um you know if you're in a large televised um, sim race you have to have your your best pr marketing hat forward um you know be that be you you know making up the numbers or be at the front and the, and the Whilst, yeah, the racing is not actually real, you know, the, the results absolutely are. And there are people who who certainly, as far as um, entertaining and, and providing a service and also providing value for the people who have invested it, need people to take it seriously and, and, t- and respect it. One right, thing well, I did
2: pick up on from on. Uh, Daniel's video uh, the other day was uh, that more people watched the stream of the first virtual Formula E race than had watched any Formula E race on television.
3: I think we just leave that hanging there for the moment. (laughs) It is the big question tonight. I've got a couple of tweets and then we will move on and we'll come back to some of your tweets later. So keep coming in. Was the apt punishment from Audi and indeed from Formula E, uh, was it uh, required? Was it appropriate? Um, Tom Firth says, I thought the decision... From Formula E to ask him to make a donation to charity was correct. He did it immediately, in fairness. That was the appropriate punishment. I think it was €10,000 mm-hmm. uh, as well. And Sarah Rigby says, um, at our house, we feel it was correct. Yes, it was a sim race, but he was representing Audi, and he should have cons- conducted himself accordingly, as he would have done if he had taken part in a sim race whilst at a live racing event, or indeed at a live racing Uh, Event, Matthew Hyman says, I agree with what you've said. If Apt had been good, he may not have been fired. Results do factor here. Mm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And finally, I think from this one, uh, two more. Uh, Tweetsport says, not absolutely necessary, but it did make it easy for them to ditch a driver with less than stellar performance. Just like the rest of us at a conference, you are representing your employer. You don't have to be in the office or seeing a customer to be representing your employer if you misbehave you risk getting in bother mm, that's very good uh, and chris suku says uh, it was a cheat but it gave uh, audi an excuse for them to advance another announcement and not give any sympathetic severance it'll all work out nick always has wise words <laughs> and good and good instincts he said Tell Uncle Kevin. Uh, this is the final one for now, and then we'll come back to some more on Aspect Entertainment. Let's say I'm hosting a Zoom call for my employer, get drunk, and make a bit of a you-know-what of myself. Should my employer not punish me for making them look stupid? How much worse would it be if you got someone else to host the Zoom call in your uh, in your absence and they did a better job than you? Uh, I mean, that's I suppose the question on that aspect. Your team, Tim, where do you want to go to next?
2: There's all these stories about uh, school children um, putting up uh, still photos of themselves on Zoom for when they're doing their virtual home yeah. schooling yep. while they go and do something else because mm. the teacher is looking at 25 very small pixelated. Oh, oh, oh!
3: This, this is just coming, and faces. I do want to say this on this. If APT had agreed this with his bosses to start with maybe Audi would have got real kudos for bringing forward and promoting the career of a sim racer, and maybe then Apt would have been the golden boy. Mm. All about perception, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Really is. All right, let's move on. Midweek Motorsports. Still also about results, though. So. Well, yeah, uh, Series 15, Episode 21. Tim, where are we going next?
2: Uh, we're going to stay on the subject of perception and deception and uh, people who are sacked with Kyle Larson, who All right. uh, won... Uh, at I fifty five Missouri in the World of Outlaws at the weekend, picking up a check for twenty thousand US dollars.
3: That was in virtual reality, was no, it? This is a real race. No, oh, no. really? Real. Right. Sure. Uh,
1: I would need a lot more than twenty thousand dollars to be in Missouri this weekend, given uh, the party <laughs> that they had on Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, he uh, he did come home with that check, and he did say that he hopes that. At some point, he can come back and race in NASCAR again. And he's really appreciative that World of Outlaws has stuck behind him. Um, interesting weekend. And it didn't take him very long to get that first win in that series.
2: Tim? Uh, the next race is a double header at Mid Ohio. No, it's not at Mid Ohio. It's uh, Lake Ozark, uh, which is this weekend. All oh, right. Okay. One race on Friday, one on Saturday. Hmm.
3: Keep the keep the tweets coming in, by the way, about Daniel App. This is interesting from Simon. He says, "I'm not watched a huge amount of sim racing, but I do detect a different attitude between uh, real life single seater and sports car races. Um, and indeed, that is the sim in the sports car and single seater." sim racing world it seems as though the sports car sim races take it far more seriously than single seater uh, I'll, I'll throw that to you nick is that because there's more than one of you and therefore whether it's your mates your teammates or just a bunch of friends then you're letting them down as much as you're letting yourself down if you do something that's a bit stupid
4: no, I'm, I'll put it in more a more simple way. When they're talking about single seater drivers, what they're talking about is people from F1 and FE. People from F1 and FE get paid very, very well to drive their real cars. They don't have to worry about what's happening outside. They don't have to worry about making a good impression. Most of the endurance drivers, be they you know top factory guys or be they you know the, the guys we know who are who, who often live off off a benefactor or one or two deals they know they have to be more professionally responsible because it's their livelihood it's, it's they haven't got it, it's a it's a simple situation i, I don't believe that there's a there's a, a reason for a particular style of driver to be more particularly you know into something i just think it's how important doing well at a sim race is to them and how important and whether they can begin to see a spin off from it and that's yeah. that's really what it is. And they and, and if you're, you know, if you're someone like the, I, can't, I don't want to mention your name, but yeah, some of the drivers we drove with la- last weekend, um, who we see at all the, you know, the GT opens and They know they have to follow every single avenue to have a multitude of, of, of routes to overall earn a very nice living. But they need all seven of those things to make it a very nice living. And therefore, they're very right. aware that everything they can do to promote their brand means that when. That's Mr. Man, where Mr. Man who wants to who who has some money and wants a driver to support him, thinks shall I have Barry or shall I have Stephen? Oh, Stephen does this and went back. Oh, but Steven was really good in those sim races as well. Perhaps so he can teach me how to do that too. You know, and it's the whole thing is building your brand to attract. You know, I'm big... clapping.
3: I am clapping, and it's not a golf club. You have absolutely nailed that. That is, I doff my virtual and real cap to you uh, uh i'd your if you want to make a comment on that uh johannes Quaglaker says some might say it was something that apt should have done
4: in real life many years earlier <laughs> <laughs> that's harsh he's not that bad he's just not as good as lucas degrassi that's, that's that he's not he's, well there's a few people terrible. who can say that about yeah i mean i think we're not we're not talking about you know you know terrible but he's you know, it doesn't help. I don't, I don't think it helps in his dad's name's above the door as well. I think it is people go, oh, bit lancey, aren't we? Mm. You know. Uh, we're keeping an eye on the SpaceX Falcon 9
3: launch as well. Uh, there's a bit of thunderheads rolling in, but we're checking the radar. Uh, storm system leaving a path behind it. That is just on one hour to lift off. We'll keep an eye on that. You know that we always follow... Um, rockets and, and things like that on the, on our live broadcasts. We once managed to get a full course yellow at Sebring, wasn't it? To uh, watch a rocket launch uh, when we that were that was awesome. That was it was perfectly timed as well. I'd expect your for the Daniel Apt question. And don't forget the guys from Torah at eight o'clock tomorrow night. will be discussing this from the sim racing side of thing. Eight o'clock on RS1, followed at nine o'clock on the grid. It's another good news week on the grid this week with more news of a return to racing in Australia confirmed. Motorsport Australia and ARG, the company behind S5000 and TCR Australia, locking in their new dates for the remainder of 2020 and stretching into 2021. ARG CEO Matt Bray joins the show to discuss that calendar, how it came about and the pleasant surprise of back-to-back events in Tasmania. Which is going to be very, very cool. Then former Supercars driver Cam McConville joins the show to talk about how he was the last ever driver to drive a factory Honda Formula One car. It's a fascinating story. We'll bring it all to you. Then myself, Tony Shabeki, and Mark Walker break down all the calendar news, discuss what's going on stateside and everything else in Australia as well. It's on the grid, 9 pm Thursday night UK time, only on RS1. And we
2: return to tonight and Formula One.
3: Hooray! Was that a cut down, hooray, because of the new regulations? Yeah, that it was, was cost capped. It, it was hooray capped. <laughs> it was ray capped, was it? Exactly, yes.
2: We're, we're not going to talk about the regulations yet because we've got some buying and selling news. Oh, oh. go on then. Uh, we'll come on to the selling in a moment. Uh, but who's going to buy the Renault Formula One team?
4: Oh, Everybody apparently or nobody when I want, or when i want to get rid of it. actually do you know what go on go on tell me which, which, which person have you heard has got is it obviously they've been saying that mr. La, mr latifi might buy who've you got mr it's R- dimitri marzipan, marzipan. yeah mr. It's, it's, a, it's always that they, they, they turn around and go right who's got a son who's not quite good enough but could still get a super license and lots of money and it's either mr latifi or mr marzipan
2: but mr latifi's already got a formula one team
4: well, yes, but not the whole one. Frank won't sell the rest of him, you know, so...
2: Uh, so, this is the father of Nikita Marzipan, uh, and uh, how likely do you think it is that uh, he will buy Renault?
4: Zero. Really?
3: How likely yeah. do you think it honestly is, Nick, that, that Renault will sell?
4: Well, very this high. is really... Well, mm. you, you see, the point about this is, Tim, and... and it's a really interesting point because it actually comes down. To it's the Peugeot conundrum. Okay, there is no financial reason for them to sell with the new regulations. Correct. However, it is the can we continue going racing in F one when we've sacked ten thousand people? as they will have to do almost certainly coming out of the COVID situation. That is what they have to weigh up. The fact is that with Formula One probably dropping to below 200 million all in, perhaps worst case scenario, 250 million all in compared to the fact that even a team where they are is getting a billion dollars of exposure, not the 4 billion that Mercedes is getting, a billion dollars of exposure. It makes no sense not to do it because they'll disappear into the background very quickly. However, As we know, what things seem like is sometimes more important than what they are.
0: Yeah.
2: So let's move on to the selling news. And Lawrence Stroll is going to sell some of his shares in Racing Point.
3: Why would you think he might do that?
2: He's going to sell £200 million worth. To?
4: Back to Aston Martin.
2: To Aston Martin, which (laughs) is a company that he owns.
4: That's, that's, That's not it at all
3: an interesting financial got, you know, transaction for the...
4: Million pounds. Mm. They haven't got £100 they, million. They're trying to borrow money. One of the reasons they're, anybody's to borrow money is one of the reasons Mr Palmer's not there anymore.
3: Uh, well, I, I, are we putting these two things together and making five? Uh,
2: are we annoying. not? We think that the timing of these two things is uh, purely coincidental. Because really? the um, Racing Point uh, uh, share sale approval um was uh, done some time ago, and uh, only emerged this week because that's when the documents were filed at company's house.
0: Right. And how
3: much? And how much did you say that his his shares are being bought by Aston Martin for? Uh,
2: two hundred million pounds worth.
3: Right. So two hundred million pounds. Aston Martin were trying to raise half a billion pounds, five hundred million pounds. Lawrence Stroll put in two hundred and seventy-six million pounds with his consortium mm-hmm. uh, into Aston Martin, and because of the share. Um, price falling away he got actually more shares than he bargained for and so he's got 200 million ba- of that back personally by getting a company that needed a 500 million pound cash injection to continue on its development plan to buy the shares for 200 million which it didn't have in the first place
2: pretty much so yes I-
3: he- i'm not very good with financial stuff but mm. Lawrence and stroll is I can yeah. I can hear the responsible adult already heading for the forensic accounting
4: side I'm of sure, her nature. I am sure this is all completely legal. Whether it's moral isn't a question entirely. Um, so, but can the, I just possibly...
3: mention before we move off this that that one of the things that I wanted to talk about with Andy Palmer, and I accept that I have got a, a, in some ways a, a biased view about Andy because I, I've spent a lot of time with Andy and particularly had him as my teammate um, and uh, when you've had somebody as your teammate in a fairly smallish motorhome in a 24-hour race um, then you spend a lot of time with them and there's not much you don't know about each other and also the relationship that we've had here with uh, at RSL and I've had personally uh, with Dave King and Andy Palmer goes goes a very long way so I accept that I, I might have a different view of Andy than other people I remember when Andy came from Nissan to Aston Martin. I thought he was being very, very brave to go from a major automotive conglomerate to what is effectively a boutique manufacturer where there's no place and no corporate governance to hide behind. He did make a difference. He delivered, absolutely delivered, for the then backers of Aston Martin who'd saved after Aston Martin... From going into oblivion after the Ford situation he delivered on his vision of the short and medium term seven cars in seven years, five of which have already been delivered or are about to be delivered with the mid-engine V6 Vanquish in fact the only two that haven't been delivered is the two Lagondas which are which were the electric cars which were placed on hold given the downturn even before Covid and I the Engendering of a positivity and the leadership that he gave to Aston Martin was extraordinary. And for us in the motorsport following business, he did something really important which we he took Aston Martin Racing back under the control of Aston Martin Lagonda, um, whereas before it had been sort of farmed out. In fairness, the The building and the running of the cars is still done by ProDrive, but the running of Aston Martin Racing has come back to Aston Martin Lagonda, and Dave King was put at the head of that, as well as Q Division uh, and Q Projects, which is their Valhalla, Valkyrie, uh, 177, all of those high-profile projects. And that was absolutely the right thing to do. He He delivered a brilliant IPO for the previous conglomerate that owned them and made them a lot of money and since then the share prices tanked which is the market that it's it was still in profit i think it was six continuous six 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 consecutive um quarters of profit for aston martin which i don't think's happened in my remembrance if if you can tell me that that's different in any other ownership and stewardship of aston martin then i'm happy to be proved proved wrong and he's moved Aston Martin into a position where it is sustainable going forward. And I really hope that's not thrown away. Whoever gets at Andy will be very lucky to have him. And he will make a difference. He's hands-on. He is absolutely passionate about what he does. Started as an apprenticeship in the motorsport, in the motoring trade. And has gone to be one of the most influential Brits in, in OEMs around the world. And as I say, he put his reputation on the line when he went to Aston. And I think he delivered what he was asked to do. Um, I suspect there may be more behind why he's been asked to leave. And I'll I'll say this to you, Nick, um, given what your comments were earlier. The fact that uh, the head of EMG has been announced as Andy's replacement um, suggest to me that Mercedes are taking. AMG's already got a stake in Aston Martin, and uh, we know Toto Wolf that's take, has taken a personal interest. I'd suggest that Mercedes are taking a, a, a closer interest in Aston Martin. Yeah, I think I
4: don't think any of us would be surprised if we're sitting here in five years' time, and uh, Aston Martin is a division of, uh, of Daimler, mm. and I, I think you know, especially given the fact that their value is almost certainly well below their real value um, due to the current situation. Don't forget they have um, either the or the second most valuable brand in the, motoring.
3: In anything, not just motoring. It is it is the coolest brand in the world and it keeps getting voted that. It's Tobias Merce who is uh, the new head of Aston Martin. We wish all of our friends at Aston Martin the very, very best. Uh, personally, I'd like to say thank you to Andy as well on behalf of... Me as an individual, me as an Aston Martin fan, me as a GT motor racing fan, uh, and as somebody from Radio Show Limited, because they, uh, they've they been very fair and honest with us, and Andy's made himself accessible and approachable. Uh, and I'll be interested to see what happens. I, I hope I hope the position that Aston have been in, in a, in a situation now where they can plough their own furrow, where they have sourced engines for AMG, but they're allowed to tune them and and uh develop them as they wish for their models where they have an suv on the way where they have the mid-engine vanquish on the way and a fantastic work of art v6 engine designed by the same people who designed the who were poached directly from ferrari and alpha and the same people who designed the julia v6 um that is an absolute work of art and that has to go into the new vanquish in the mid-engine of that car it has to be whilst the front-engine V8 and V12s will always be the bedrock of Aston Aston need to have been a mid-engine car for 20 years or so and um, and, and that's where Andy's put them now we wish we wish them all the best your thoughts on that please as well to Spec your team and Tim where next?
2: Uh, next we're going to McLaren
3: ah Ah, Uh,
2: because uh, obviously a couple of weeks ago we uh, reported that uh, Daniel Ricciardo was going there. Yes. And now we know that he won't be the number one driver.
4: Oh, really? Equal number one driver. Says Andreas Seidel. Yes, they're not having number one drivers. No, that's that's Mm. pretty much par for the course. There's very few written number one drivers, just there are number one drivers. Mm. But no one writes it down.
2: One team that does have a number one driver
4: is... uh, Alfa Romeo. Do they? Yes. Is Kimi then no. Is he? What in the team, In his contract, I think you'll find he's not. Uh,
2: he might have a new teammate though soon. might well, What's that turning to? If Uh He's been told if he doesn't uh, improve, uh, then his seat will be taken by Mick Schumacher.
4: That sounds. That seems relatively unlikely, as Mick is desperate in need of more single-seater experience in this Formula Two kicks off, and he does something. Um, you know. Mix did very, very well. He, he appears to be, a, you know, slightly slower learner than some of the drivers who have been F one by the time they were eleven. But um, you know, he needs to prove more than he gave in Formula Two this year. And there are other members, to be honest, at the moment on the Ferrari uh, young driver screen, like Robert Schwartzman, for example, who are equally deserving of, uh, of usurping uh, Mister Giovanazzi.
2: But don't have the name uh, Giovinazzi though is not exactly a young and up coming driver anymore, is he?
4: How old is he? He's 26. 27. Where is he now? Is he on another birthday? Well, no, I mean, he, he, you know, he, he, yeah, let's be honest, he wasn't very impressive last year. Um, but we have a very weird season coming up where there's going to be 12, 7, 15, 26, 12 races over where, you know, who knows? Um, and yeah, people will have a chance to, to make their mark during those races, which are almost certainly going to get underway in six weeks' time in um, Austria. Don't know where they're going next, but they will certainly start with two races in Austria and then we'll see.
2: Who thinks it would be better to have no season than have a season with eight to ten races? Everybody.
4: Uh, <laughs> no, but nobody... Except nobody Liberty. In Liberty. Nobody in Liberty and probably not um, quite a lot of the teams as well because they need cash.
2: Uh, well, this is obviously a team that doesn't need cash because it's Gunther Steiner.
3: Really? Yeah. Gunther Steiner. Cash well, a
4: sprinter, isn't he? <laughs>
3: He was asked a direct question about Vettel, wasn't he? He said, "I think somebody with far more money than me will get get Vettel."
2: Racing point.
3: Mm. I said, "I did say that a few weeks ago. Remember?"
2: Yes, and it's looking know. less and less unlikely now.
3: So I mean, more and more likely that Haidorf yes. was right. Less and less Where, unlikely.
4: Yeah, but that would, That's going to be very expensive because they have to. They have to either fire Lance, um, Lance, which isn't going to happen. No. Or they're going to have to buy out Sergio, which is expensive. Or send then, him to another Mercedes team. They aren't a Mercedes. What, why would Mercedes care about that?
2: Well, because uh, Mercedes will own Aston Martin by then and it's going to be rebranded Aston Martin. In a year, Martin.
4: they won't. not own it in a year. Yeah, but,
2: we're we're yeah, not I mean, talking not. about this year, we're about 2021 here. No, no, no. And then
4: they, won't, uh, they won't own it in a year either. They'll be sent to anymore. Williams. Well, that's, that's kind of worse than being sent to Coventry,
2: that's
4: what I mean. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we if sent
2: to Formula E.
1: There you
4: go. That'd be even worse. I'll be, you know, let's. There's, there's a fantastic swirling of rumours with no actual facts to fill them in. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Seb ends up there. Um, <laughs> but I, I, on the flip side, it would. Be, I'd be very surprised. If that makes
3: sense. They've just withdrawn the tower from SpaceX Med 9. I'm very
4: excited.
2: Who has been, been driving? Who's been driving very fast around the streets of Monaco at the weekend?
4: Uh, two is Ferrari I... drivers it is I yes sorry, uh, right, it is I declare, it is I, declare. <laughs> Charles is, is—they've remade La Rendezvous, even though La Rendezvous was made in a guerrilla style back in 1960, whenever um, with a supposedly Ferrari 250 TF, which wasn't—it was actually a souped-up Mercedes. Mm-hmm. The Ferrari suspension was too stiff, and the, camera for the cameras in it. those
3: days, yeah, the vibrations um, for the cameras. So was, uh, was anyway,
4: awful. it doesn't really matter, but it was—it's a—it's a—it's a, 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 a well, La Rendezvous well an 11-minute film. They now made a nine-minute version that way, runs around Monaco, which we can all see in about four weeks' time, I believe.
3: They used two different Ferraris for that, and it wasn't just Leclerc who was driving,
4: by I wouldn't the way. surprise me. They're, 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 Well, because they've, they've only closed the road for so long so they want to get at least two goes each shot, don't they?
3: Yeah. Uh, 1961, Jean Delanois Philip.
4: 61. Blimey, I didn't it was that long ago. It was... Wow. It was uh... Well,
2: the certainly could have done it late 60s because Paris was being
4: rioted at that point. Only, only for a few months in '67, you had quite a bit of shoot around
3: wrong. that. Oh, hang on, sorry. No, ni- 19. Sorry, uh, wrong film. Uh, 1976, Cloud Lelouch film. Yes, 1976 it was. Okay. My apologies. I
4: thought, I, oh, no, my wrong. I wrong? I thought. See, I had '67, I just got the numbers around the wrong way.
3: <laughs> yeah, my apologies. it un rendezvous, is the proper. Yeah, yeah. It's, or it's a date. I'm driving
4: really fast to, to meet a bird, basically. In in the language of the seventies. It's a date.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, the story of that film, if you haven't seen it, um, is it, extraordinary. As Nick says, you you actually never see the car once it's, um, or you see very little of the car once it's moving because it is from the perspective of of the front bumper, and it was uh, allegedly done. In real time and not with closed streets, and it was allegedly a, a very lovely old Ferrari. But as Nick says, the Ferrari was so harshly sprung that when they first did the tests on it, the camera equipment in those days couldn't function um, because Even of these the vibration. it wouldn't be able to function. Um, and so they put uh, or they tuned up an engine in uh, a Mercedes and dubbed in the Ferrari soundtrack. So they could record the sound from the Ferrari, they just couldn't record the sound and the vision at the same time. Which actually, in some ways, in my mind, makes it a cleverer film to actually That's get great, those man. things together. Sync it together. It's mm. good stuff. Anyway, you're going to see it... Uh, did you see, It's about a month's time, isn't
4: it? I think, yeah, middle of middle, middle end of June.
3: Yeah, they did it very early morning in... Uh, in Monaco. Monaco in Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo with a couple of um, with a couple of straight Ferraris and Charles Clerk driving one of them and a stunt driver driving the other. Eight minutes. Worth watching. Moving
2: on. Uh, the FA has set up a online whistleblower hotline. Uh, Is this... Yes. Where suspicious what, what? conduct or wall breaches can be reported anonymously to help the governing body improve the sports integrity.
4: Is this cheating breaches or just people who are spending more than they should do when the cost cap comes in next year uh, it's both, yeah.
2: both yes uh, yeah. the concept is considered to perform a preventative role and force no. people or companies to think twice before committing acts of fraud or corruption <laughs> or cheating
4: i think i think i'd be surprised even now if uh, any of the f1 companies who were committing fraud cheating well obviously they're all doing that
3: uh, that's part of the job isn't it seeing the mm. gaps between the rules it will
2: mm. cover suspicions of financial misconduct, bribery, corruption and fraud, uh, sporting integrity, the manipulation of competitions and alleged violations of the FIA anti-doping regulations the hotline will be accessible 24 hours a day 7 days a week
4: who's told them they've got to do that several homeschools to that Yeah. I, 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 who's said they have to do that, mm, very interesting Hello, uh, hello. Is that, is that uh, Mr. The Tot? Initiator. Mr. Tot, I, have a, I, have, I know someone's using fake software. It's 1994, but I can't let it go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the initiation of the whistleblower scheme follows the FIA's truncated investigation into the Ferrari's 2019 power unit.
4: What, so, what they're saying is, we're not saying they're cheating, but what we've actually done is put in an anti-cheat system because they weren't cheating. <laughs> uh,
2: the FIA received an anonymous complaint about uh, the loophole explo- exploited by uh, the Scuderia area to circumvent fuel flow restrictions. However, the FIA's engineers could not conclusively prove that the Ferrari system had mm-hmm. breached the rules. Uh, yeah. But nevertheless, it resulted in a controversial confidential agreement between Flo and the FA to ensure the legality of the team's engines in 2021.
4: Yeah. Oh Well, well look,
3: hey, let's not get on
4: our horses, because every single team's done it in every single season. So, you yeah. know.
3: Are we going to do a bit of bike news before we let Nick go?
2: Do you want to do bike news or do you want to do UK news? Uh, um... We don't have time for both.
4: Well, Can, I just, Can I just say one thing? Can I just say one thing, F1 thing, very quickly. Um, the stuff we've been talking about for the last three weeks about cost capping and uh, sliding scale of aerodynamic study in the next couple of years has all been ratified today by the FIA. Yes. It's coming in. We talked about quite a lot last week.
3: Yeah. I, I, yeah. The, uh, you are not going to be happy about uh, punishing no. people for success are
4: meritocracy. you not good at all no no this is, this is this is this is this is the NFL draft isn't it where the worst team gets the first pick mm.
3: and if you don't know what Nick's talking about it's all about how many uh, hours you can use in wind tunnel and stuff like that and the better you are and the higher up you finish the fewer hours you can use and uh, it gets wider and wider over the next few years uh, and uh, that uh, and it all depends whether you've got your own wind tunnel or not as well
4: yeah, not, nothing is ever as simple as it seems. But yes, it's not—it's not a great thing. But I, we, we let's live with it at the moment. Let's not stop fighting these fights given the much bigger problems are facing at the moment.
3: A uh, quick few tweets before we move on. Uh, hello uh, to uh, Right Turn Lover who says, uh, "Interesting that Max Verstappen, although a single seat driver, and arguably a much better one than the ones who have misbehaved while." simulating being a sim racer. Uh, he's also a fine sim racer with the proper driving standards in sim world at least. And he's part of the Red Line organisation. Doesn't he own part of that,
4: Nick? Yeah, him and Lando, I mean, him and Lando were doing this you know, when before they were doing... Um... You know, the, the, the F1s, they come – effectively, they are hybrid sim racer real real racers, and they have been. So they're not suddenly turning up and going, oh, I better do this now. There's nothing to do. They've been doing – they would have been entering a lot of the races they've entered even in the middle of, a, of an active F1 series. You know, they, they were both in the, the virtual Daytona back in uh, January when, when everything – when the world was still normal.
3: Uh, And on Andy Palmer, Kevin Payne totally agree about Andy at Aston, uh, who is now Andy at Auto, by the way. He's changed his Twitter. Very good. Huge achievements for the company brand and the racing team. Dave Olcock really hope this is not a misstep by Aston Martin. Dr. Palmer has done great work, brought a radical new range to market, has the DBX about to launch, really built the brand in motorsport. I hope the shareholders haven't been rash. Uh, Sarah Rigby, Aston Martin superfan. Fully agree with what you're saying about Andy at Auto. Did a super job at CEO at Aston. Led the company forwards. Yes, he made bold moves and changes, but he needed to. Feel very privileged to have met him and chatted with him. A true petrol head. Don't uh, disagree with uh, any of that. The rendezvous car, of course, knows, was a 450 SEL 6.9 that needed no souping up whatsoever. I stand corrected, JG. And absolutely correct because that was a gorgeous machine but it was more of a sofa than a sports car a grand tourer in the best sense and oh god that 6.9 engine fantastic fantastic uh time for one more story before half time?
2: jack miller's going to join ducati in 2021
4: yeah, I mean, it's quite an interesting move, that, in that they, they're going to fire Adina Petrucci um, and Jack will be um, partnering Dovi. It's part of this season where MotoGP have kind of given up looking for talent this year, and they just kind of shuffled the pack. They've gone, right, we don't know what's going on. There's not enough races. We're not going to bother trying to do what we should do, which is promote people from either WSB or from uh, Moto2. So we've got some, you know, we'll just do some fiddling while Rome Burns, really, as far as the drivers are concerned. A little bit. You know, nothing against Jack Miller, but you, he's not set the world on fire, apart from very occasional flashes of brilliance like his William Nasson. Um, and you kind of think, well, as it works, to catty drive, drive ride should be going to um, to perhaps someone who they, who they could nurture. But, you know, it's a difficult year and people are making stopgap decisions. Mm.
3: Uh, following the debut of Ceternes de so with, so convinced with the police in Paris that Claude Labouche had just shown a crime with the evidence recorded that he actually spent a night in prison after the film debuted. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Nick, thank you very much indeed. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll speak to you tomorrow night for Imza. I know, I can't wait. VIR, I'll, I'll baby. To, I'll, I'll be able to wave at you. Yes, you will. Uh, thank you to Nick Dearman. Let's have your... Uh, tweets, please, about Christian, uh, about Christian. About Daniel Apt. Clive Stonebridge says, I always remember our headmaster from school saying, when you wear your uniform outside of school on your way home, you still represent the school. He was wearing the Audi uniform. He was representing Audi. Should have been mindful of that. 34 minutes. Team managed 34 minutes and counting to Falcon SpaceX launch. And we'll be keeping our eye from that. But that's the end of the first hour of
0: Midweek Motorsport. Midweek Motorsport, where John has just 48 seconds to tell you what's coming in the next hour. More of your tweets, please, about
3: the ABT situation. Uh, at specutainment, please. She Adam will be staying with us. We'll be previewing that IMSA Pro Series race at VIR. 50, count them all, 50 GT Le Mans cars around Virginia International Raceway. Some interesting Uh, New drivers as well coming in, as well as some old favourites. And remember, Porsche have broken the stranglehold of BMW. That's coming in the second hour. We'll have more news as well, and that will include some UK news. uh, And I'm sure Tim will find some calendar news as
0: well. All to come, but we'll kick off the second hour with an. Uh, An old friend of ours on the phone. Midweek Motorsport on radiolamond.com. So just
3: after nine o'clock here on Midweek Motorsport, as promised now, an old friend of Radio Show Limited and indeed of this show. As we say, good evening to Jim Cameron of Mission Motorsports. Hello, Jim. How are you?
5: Good evening, John. Yeah, very good, thank you. Very
3: good indeed. Before we get to all the positivity that's going on around Mission Motorsport, (laughs) and particularly the Race of Remembrance, a serious question here about you guys running a charity that depends to a great extent on you guys getting out and doing events to, A, get in the public eye, and B raise money, which clearly for the last 10 weeks, Jim, you've not been able to do for Mission Motorsport. Has that affected you?
5: Yeah, it it is difficult. I mean, uh, in the last couple of years, I think the biggest thing that's ever been on our risk register is the sort of loss of of, of major sponsorship. And, and that really kind of materialised with bigger service charities that, that, you know, from the outset, you know, effectively, we were a delivery mechanism and they did the fundraising. But then when they turned off their external grant programs, you know, you find yourself sort of standing on their own. So it's been a challenging couple of years. Um, but one of the ways in which we've met the fundraising need has been through running events. Yeah, in, in March, the world went weird. But with it also goes your, your event forecast and with mm-hmm. it also your fundraising opportunity. And, I, you know, and we're absolutely not alone in that. The beneficiaries certainly haven't gone away, the requirements certainly haven't gone. So we've adapted and changed in order how do we reach them and
3: Mission Motorsports mantra has never been motorsport for motorsports sake. There's always been um, the point to it, which is to get people to re engage with something. And if, if that if that was crocheting, if that was playing scrabble, if it was motorsport just getting people to to re-engage that requires personal contact yeah it really
5: does and i mean ultimately you know you're aiming to um uh, turn the light back on by by sort of tickling a, an, an interest and take them on a journey where they end up in a better place um and for for many that means jobs so we you know we're running a program putting uh, guys into jobs in toyota uh, we're about to kick off one with volvo um helping people into some amazing opportunities across the country you know with uh, with some of these sort of big companies through the retailers and also into manufacturing and uh, and everything sort of comes to a, to a grinding halt on that and service leaders haven't stopped leaving the military so we've got an entire generation of people you know who were due to leave the military uncertain over their future who are getting out into a world of lockdown and covid um which is pretty extraordinary so there's lots of hard work, um, you know, with the SMMT, the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders, leaning on safe working practices as you get people reopening again, and we're working with our sort of industry partners in order to help them to kind of see a way through and out the other side of it. Um, and, and inevitably, some of our population can benefit from that too. But but you can't go and take a load of people to Goodwood and, yeah. and go and have a good day out. So. Uh, inevitably, and like everything else, you know, we've sort of looked online and driven community activity in that way, which um, we've wanted to do for some time, but we've just not had the, um, the bandwidth, really, to be able to do yeah, it. But, good point. Uh, yeah, we've Yeah, uh, we've absolutely... Uh, yeah, we've managed to find the time now. So um, we, we're doing some really lovely stuff.
3: Online outside. podcasts and videos. And, yeah. and, and And because the other side of this, Jim, is... It, and certainly not exclusive to the to your normal beneficiaries, but there is a mental stress issue here that isolation can trigger uh it can certainly exacerbate any mental health issues that might already be there and and some of your beneficiaries, as we said on this program many times before, they have injuries that aren 't always obvious and and therefore presumably that feeling of belonging that feeling of you're not alone even more important right now when you actually can't get up and you know shake somebody by the hand and, and look them straight in the eye no you're absolutely right and the really interesting thing about
5: well it, it's always and it's the and it's the way with race of remembrance you know which is about remembrance you get, gosh that's very much a military thing for those who fought in wars or they've got relatives who've been able to do it and the front banks at race of remembrance during that remembrance service are, are pretty moving but it, but actually i always find it extraordinary the five six hundred people deep level of of shared experience and empathy that you get from a much broader audience and actually it it resonates with other people too and that in turn helps our beneficiaries because they recognize oh hang on this isn't just unique to me this isn't the way I'm. i'm not the only person who feels in this way and things like Xbox, messing about whether it's on Project Cars 2, whether it's through 27 races, Thursday evening at 8 p.m. has been really lovely, but it's also bringing lots of other people together too. And it's yeah. a lovely mixed audience. And that's incredibly healthy and positive because you're helping to normalize um, a, a way of feeling. And for somebody who thinks, you know, I'm very alone out there, it's, um, it's community helps um, recharges uh, and do it. So uh, that's just been absolutely lovely.
3: You mentioned Race of Remembrance. November is Race of Remembrance. Of course it is. It's Remembrance (laughs) Sunday. It is a remembrance service with a race tacked around it, as you've always memorably said. And... You've also, and I've been watching you on Twitter and, and all the other social media channels, said it is probably the race that is most likely to go on. Now, all right, not, notwithstanding that we know that Motorsport UK have reopened today, actually, for yeah. um, licenses and permits to run events starting uh, as early as the first week in in July or the starting 1st of June uh, for applications for 4th of July uh, events. But um, Anglesey, November, uh, mm. you'd kind of like to hope that, that that is, is if not safe, certainly doable, even if it's not in the exact same format as you've run it in the past?
5: Uh, yeah, completely. So um, we're, we're incredibly fortunate that, yeah, you happen to, to run an event that uh, has already been tested by the worst that the Welsh weather in November can throw at it. It challenges the way in which you do everything um, about running an event or running a championship or anything like that. You're seeing people sort of really struggling. And fortunately, just with a weird position in the year where it sits, I mean, uh, Race of Remembrance, we will know the most. We will have been through all of the lessons of the earlier sort of part of the year. And it gives us a huge amount of confidence, actually, looking at that, going, yeah, no, um, British motorsport will actually be quite practised at doing this thing by the time it gets to, to the end of the year. And it, but absolutely, we don't know what conditions are going to look like when it goes. So we know that we could run an event from a full race of remembrance through to something where you may have restrictions in place. And it's a bit of sort of crystal ball-gazing now about the likely things that that might imply. But at the core of it, um we're we're going to be able to to run a race with so a number of cars on track are likely to be unaffected but it will probably change some other things around it and so we're thinking through that you know but the core of it yeah the actual you know are we going to be dropping the flag and going racing into the dark on saturday night um uh in early november in anglesey yeah you know we're we're really confident that we will be and so uh yeah we've had a bit of a head scratch and gone right well okay we probably need to get this underway then and um uh very quietly this is the first sort of public announcement of it really uh we're delighted to say race of remembrance is open we're accepting entries uh i think we've already got 10 which is largely just because those who are very close to the committee or have already known and sneaked their money in there's there's four service teams in amongst us as well Good. representing army navy air force who are in there too which is just absolutely joyous and the base format of the race uh, is the sort of tried and tested 12-hour, six hours really into the dark on the on the Saturday night, and then a Sunday uh, balanced uh, six hours of the race interrupted by that, that remembrance service in the pit lane. And, of course, we've even got, you know, we've been thinking through different permutations about what is that, um, uh, oh, what is that service going to look like in the pit lane. The plan C, which is, motorsport is not able to happen in November in any form. You know, our plan of action for that is that your deposits when paid will roll across to 2021, or you can have it back, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, uh, you can make a donation of it yeah. if, that's, if that's what you'd wish to do. But we are absolutely going to press in order to be able to make it happen. And, hey, let's face it. If, if we can't race in Anglesey by that weekend in November, then nobody else is going to be doing any racing. Let's just absolutely make the most of it and uh, and, and celebrate um, what, what will be the end of a rather extraordinary sporting year.
3: Because of the time of year and because of its location, it's not necessarily ever been a huge spectator event it is the sort of thing that people go down to to enjoy although there has been a public component down through the years Jim with the supercars and and things like that of course that's got to be up in the air as well at the moment so have you come up with any bonds or ideas of how you can get the 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 public and particularly our listeners involved without them necessarily having to travel?
5: Race of Remembrance at Anglesey you know you're always going to you've got an event that, that can outgrow the venue and it's difficult to add people and to tag things on it just because of the geographical location, it's obviously, it's not the sort of thing that you can just pop into no. if you live in, in most of the UK. So it's always a challenge for us is, is uh, how do we tell the story of race and remembrance effectively through, through getting it out there to an outside audience? Radio Le Mans Radio Show Limited have been a part of that you know, since, since the very outset the videos which get made about it, the online streaming that's mm. done as a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. These are areas where we know we can do better. We know we can reach a bigger audience. We know we can help people to get in and to understand what those narratives are that are behind a bunch of cars driving round on a perched on a cliff above the Irish Sea. You know, at, 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 frankly, what is a ridiculous weekend to go racing <laughs> in, uh, in, in North Wales. That's
3: the joy of it, though. Was there ever any thought that perhaps the venue might change.
5: Yeah, of course. I mean, and in fact, you know, other circuits have, have have really shown interest over the years. It's so funny because uh, I mean, we've run six of the things so far and they've they've just kind of got bigger and bigger. But there's always a little bit of me that remembers what a ridiculous idea it was in the first place and therefore how, how outlandish it is. It, it's become a thing. I think Anglesey and that going to the ends of the earth and the weather and all of the... All of the things that makes it wonderful, a large part of that is Anglesey, and, mm. and, uh, and that, you know, that is, is one of the things that makes it special. You would struggle to do a biathlon of foolishness of uh, quite the same <laughs> level of ridiculousness as you know, much as I love that bit of Norfolk.
3: Can we have t-shirts, by the way? The biathlon of foolishness. That is a yeah. quality t-shirt. Yeah, quite right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's get back to the core reason of of Mission Motorsport. And you mentioned the fact that there's still plenty of ex-service personnel who are about to come out or are coming out. I was very fortunate to be involved in one of your last major events, actually, which was at Silverstone, the transition day. Just being able to interact with people, hear their stories, uh, and just underline to me what an important job you guys were doing. And you were able to showcase there as well an extraordinary variety of service personnel who'd gone into business, who were involved with major manufacturers in the automotive sectors. Remarkably for me, more than getting all of those people together was getting all the government departments together in one place at one time so that you could actually walk from Table A to Table B to Table Z and speak to pretty much every department that you had to to get help, advice and, and potentially even fill in forms while you were there.
5: All the government departments that they struggled to get hold of you know, were were there and present and able to really do, do face-to-face casework with people, which is something they struggle to do otherwise. <laughs>
3: Did it work for you and did it work for the, the, the people yeah. involved? And are you going to do that again?
5: Yeah, would, absolutely. I mean, it, it was... Uh, so we ran uh, effectively... It's, um, uh, it, it's piggybacks on a, on a track day. We work with Silverstone in order to be able to deliver something that can financially work for us as well because it's... Uh, I mean, that's one hell of a venue and a place. And Silverstone are wonderful and really lean into... Making uh, this amazing piece of real estate available, and then it's up to us then to make sure that we get the right content there, the right mm. people, and that we connect them up in the right way. It was really joyous, and one one of the places where that resonated is at sort of government level, with people looking and going, "This is uh, new and different and innovative, and it's relevant and it really works." somewhere with that sort of luxury of space and all yeah. of the rest of it, uh, you know, that, that is exactly how you can go about Correct. Um, sort of returning to something that looks a little bit like normality. But you also met, I mean, a lot of those lads who were serving are exactly that generation which I'm referring to when they say, you know, they're finding themselves leaving the military into a very changed landscape
3: outside. Yeah. What I found, um, Jim, was interesting talking to spouses, wives and husbands of service personnel uh, and saying, I didn't think... That my other half would come to this, but the opportunity to get in and go around Silverstone, they said, "Well, okay, I'm going to go for that. I might not do anything else." But then you find out that they've actually talked to all the right people whilst they were there, and that's that's the hook that you're talking about, isn't it?
5: It's the core deceit at the centre of everything. <laughs> shiny, uh, yeah, no, those the blokes and the girls are going to sort of love the shiny stuff in the same way that you know you and I do. And yeah, exactly if if you put something on which would appeal to the likes of you and i then you you know that it's going to resonate with a bunch of others as well actually what you're doing is what you're doing is uh, is an exercise in uh, bringing people together and it's 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 uh, up to us then to kind of curate those interactions in order to make them as positive yep. as we can and to help people's horizons become widened and that they would meet and be inspired by folk so i mean yes yeah, some of those guys who started up their own businesses i mean um from Andy Harris, you know, uh, at MSS, who does, he's the car filming safety guy, so he does all the safety for Top Gear and a bunch of other things, but he also he also does an awful lot of motorsport, you know, they provide the safety for VMAX and things like that, and an awful lot of work into the film business, and then you've got Bag Simmons there, you know, ex-Tanky, obviously a fine man in my, in my eyes, but he's, they're providing military assistance into the film industry, whether that's sort of provision of extras and, training to actually sort of firearms stuff
3: and then getting people to get the uh the sights on uh, a rifle the right way around which i noticed (laughs) in something recently and even if i noticed it i bet it made you cry oh my god i can't
5: watch that but i can't watch my girl
3: moving on let's finish off with with where i didn't start actually but but you know that the people will know you best for which is race of remembrance so entries the key thing here entries now open, and all the details where, Jim? On the website?
5: On the website. So, yeah, dot com. Get yourself on there. There's a the mechanism to be able to do it. It articulates. I think there's a simpler system for the class structure. It's very much the same as it's always been, but it's been articulated uh, in a different way to help facilitate people coming along and bringing things that are perhaps a little bit different but are going to be around the right sort of power to weight that they can bring along. Yeah. We know we're going to have a team of Morgans there. We know we're going to have a real range of really interesting stuff. And, and the other piece that we're doing at the moment is sort of plaiting the narrative that sits around it in order to go, what stories are we telling this year and yeah. how will we do that? You know, Race and Remembrance is also a really cool opportunity to come along and spend some time alongside some amazing people, whether yeah. it's, you know, the sort of Frank Kitties the Chris Hoy's of this world. So it's an opportunity to come and share Uh, if not personal space uh, because COVID but you're certainly going to be sharing you know sort of track space and everything else alongside some some really amazing people
3: and as you've said your money's safe if you want you know if you want to roll it over into next year if for whatever reason it doesn't happen you can roll your deposit over you can leave it there as a as a a donation but if you are thinking about doing it I would say to anybody Jim and I presume you would echo this do it quickly because you're always oversubscribed
5: yeah and I think this year perhaps more than any other that that will that will be the case. If if somebody wants to, you know, come along and go, right, where's the best value track for We're gonna have the most time on track, we're gonna race in the dark, going to do something sort of quite extraordinary. But it'll be alongside some other stuff in a mixed grid. So it's always busy anywhere in the field, whether you're in one of the quickest things, the slowest things, or somewhere in the middle. You don't have an undisturbed lap. It doesn't happen in <laughs> You don't have a lap where you're left to your own devices. You're going to be accommodating somebody else at some point during every lap you're out there. And it's one of the things that, you know, it's why the marshals really love it, you know, why they, it's because there's just, there's so much
3: interaction all over the time. Uh, we wish you all the best, Jim. Keep up the good work. Uh, I know that you've been volunteering outside your work with Mission Motorsport and a, a lot of the team and a, a lot of the beneficiaries who haven't been working have been doing the same thing. You've done a, a, a cracking job over the years and even more so in the last three and a half months. Best, best wishes to all the team, mate, and thanks for coming on.
5: Thanks, my friend, and all the love for you and Eve and your audience. Uh, it's, it, it, I'm really grateful to have the chance to
2: talk to you this evening. That is James Cameron from uh, Mission Motorsport and the Race of Remembrance. What John said earlier that uh, I'd have some calendar news, and I do. And this is the updated uh, 2020 Super Taiku calendar, which was announced yesterday. Uh, it will now start on the 4th to the 6th of September at Fuji. Then on the third and fourth of October there at Sugo, 31st of October and 1st of November, Okayama, 21st and 22nd of November at Mateiki, and 12th and 13th of December uh, at Autopolis.
3: Uh, news from SpaceX at uh, wind. The, they've scrubbed Wednesday night tonight's launch due to wind, uh, and frankly, you know I oh, would. did want, see Air
2: Force One landing.
3: I I wouldn't want to be cooped up in that uh, in that tight space with wind. Uh, to be honest, uh, trying again Friday, 4.14 p.m. Eastern Friday. Uh, and so the president uh, will climb aboard Air Force One again and go back to Washington. So, again, um, too much wind for Falcon 9 and it's two uh, astronauts to be launched from uh, Cape Canaveral this evening and or this afternoon as it is eastern time so bob benkin and doug hurley will climb back into that special tesla model x that's been modified for them in their spacesuits, and they will head back to their families share adam uh on the line with us did you know that both of their wives by the way are also nasa astronauts
1: Yes, and both of them signed up with NASA in the same year. Both of them have been to space the same number of times and both of them have young kids around the same age. So they pretty much picked clones to go into space together. Oh, very good. Karen Nyberg
3: <laughs> and Megan MacArthur uh, who Did are they meet
2: their wives at NASA or did space? their wives join after?
3: Oh, I want to know space. if they met in space. <laughs> that would be very cool. Uh, Karen, uh, Karen Nyberg is uh, married... To Doug Hurley and Bob Benkin's wife, it is is uh, Megan McArthur. Sorry, I almost got those the wrong way around there, which I was trying very hard not to. Uh, uh, if wet in Village Hall, so uh, high winds have scrubbed the uh, launch of the Falcon 9 Demo 2 at SpaceX launch from. Uh, Kip Canaveral Kip Kendi and uh, that uh, will be re- rescheduled until Friday on two Friday, should I say uh, what's uh, what's next on Midweek Motorsport Series 5th? actually just before that um, raceofremembrance.com get your entries in now you heard it exclusively here uh, from uh, the uh, from the man behind it uh, and Claire has just uh, tweeted for 360 Motor Club just to advise there are more than 10 entries already in. Get in quick. More electronic forms literally coming in as we speak. Uh, Claire Smith. So if you want to take part in Race of Remembrance, then get in and get in super quick. Uh, It is November the 6th to the 8th this year. Uh, The 8th is Remembrance Sunday. Uh, and it's all horsepower per tonne, as Jim was mentioning. So from uh, 85 brake horsepower a tonne, uh, up to 85, from 86 to 140, 141 to 180, 181 to 250. Then there's an invitation on a relay class as well. So six classes. Uh, Claire Smith is the clerk of the course. Uh, and if you need any information or you want to answer any questions, it's cs.missionsmotorsport.org. All that information on raceofremembrance.com, including entry forms, uh, everything that is there. All right, so get into that. And with a bit of luck, we might be able to make that uh, this year. Uh, so maybe I will get to use my license this year. Uh, where to next, Tim?
2: Uh, it's always wet in the village hall, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it only clashes with an event at Sebring, John.
3: Does it? <laughs> no, that's the next week, isn't it? No. You oh, you're no, you're right. Weekend? It doesn't.
2: No, that is next week. Yeah. Oh,
3: thank goodness. I, w- I was going to say I have had the
2: chop top chopped off my calendar. Yeah, it clashes with the uh, Daytona Classic.
3: Yeah, not not. I'm which, not working uh, for that. You're not going to. Unless somebody offers me a race in a classic Porsche, there. Do you know what? And don't hate me for this. I think I would still rather go at the Race of Remembrance at Anglesey. I really do. I have enjoyed every time I've been there, even though I had to race a car that should have had power steering without power steering there and did just about an hour that gave me the biggest body workout I've ever had. And <laughs> I was so stiff in my upper body afterwards, I could not reach the zip of my race suit to unzip it somebody had to take my helmet off for me and i could not literally get to the zip and pull the zip down it was it was absolutely awful driving home but i've still enjoyed it i'll never forget david smith's um mg zr or zs rather the the v8 car in the wet and unlapping myself from the leader twice in my stint when it was wet and it was just perfect for that car loved it loved it loved it and I I'll, I'll go back and drive anything the answer is yes uh, and we'll see you there uh, a lot of people disappointed including marino frank kitty about the florida weather at the moment sorry uh, it's not your fault you're not there uh, being fine no but i just there.
1: assume all responsibility for florida okay
3: fine <laughs> fine uh, let's go I, back I to i wouldn't our... do
2: that uh, in a court of law
3: right let's uh... <laughs> yes good point let's go back to our big question tonight about uh, Daniel Apt, uh, Livington Seconder, says, while we're out of the discomfort of some commentators, is, uh, is quite apparent. Lines as, you know, improper racing, not the game. Uh, no, it's virtual racing. But, uh, oh well, yes, uh, I understand uh, that. Uh, even if you take out the fact, says Blake, Neki16, that it was a virtual race. He had someone to pretend to be him during a promotional event put on by Formula E, which included having all the current teams and drivers there to help raise money for charity. Surely that warrants a harsh penalty. Your thoughts on that? Phil Anson uh, tuned in from Dubai. Hello, fabulous Phil. The launch uh, stood down, oh, now Saturday, May the 30th, 3.22 EDT. So 3.22 Eastern, uh, that is 22 minutes past 8 UK time uh, on Saturday. Oh, I can watch, I'll, I'll be watching, I'll be watching that, possibly do a live show for that, I think, Tim, don't you? No. No. Are you just not interested, are you? <laughs> no. I, I just don't, well, okay.
2: I was interested when I was seven and...
3: Are you saying it's childish to be interested in rockets?
2: No, I'm just saying that these aren't real rockets.
3: It's a pretty real rocket to those two guys sitting in it, mate, when they get fired off. what you, What's what's not real about it?
2: You were saying before the show how flimsy their helmets looked. Uh, no, you wouldn't I'm ride worried a bike f- on one of them.
3: I'm, I'm worried for them. I'm not dissing it. I'm just worried for them. Honestly, I think I'd be better with my Star Wars X-Wing helmet on than what they're wearing.
1: Yeah, but that thing's very safe, John.
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: Shall we talk about some motor racing? Yeah, go on. Calendous. The ACO All right. Uh is calling for fans to dig out documents and souvenirs of Le Mans of years gone by uh, for their project Memories and Souvenirs of 24. Uh, the idea is to collate the memories and possibly artefacts from fans uh, to the Le Mans Museum uh, for the centenary.
3: Which is in 2023. It, yesterday was the actual date of the first ever Lamont 24 Hours back in 2023, 1923 uh, um, Excuse me. So we've got a couple of a uh, couple of three years to go yet. Um, I'm not sure I've got anything that's appropriate for that. What
2: well, if you do? Then you can uh, send it to. How far
3: do they want to go back, Tim? Or does it not matter? So literally anything, anything from 23 onwards that yes. people think might be interesting.
2: Anything that uh, notes the 100-year history of this race, mm-hmm. uh, you can send it all to memories24 at org.
3: Can I just say, and I, I realise that you know Tim's going to groan because I'm going to mention the, the, the rocket launch again, but if they're struggling their share at, at Cape, Kennedy, Cape Canaveral on the coast as it is... Um, is that weather system going to be a problem for NASCAR tonight at Charlotte, which is not that far away, is it? What, three hours away?
1: Well, funny you should mention that, John. It is Tropical Depression Bertha that is having an influence <laughs> on the weather. Hang on, weather. hang on.
3: Say that again. And channel your mother sure. when you see it. Channel your mother <laughs> on network television as <clears> you're saying that.
1: Tropical Depression Bertha is having an influence on the entire east coast of the United States tonight, including what should be a NASCAR race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Oh, my God. It's like listening
3: to Diane. It really is (laughs) like listening. She'll be so proud. So proud. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That'll make
2: you happy. Uh, yeah, or oh, potentially while you job. We had a that
1: was postponed because of Tropical Depression. Arthur, this week it is Bertha. And collective, be proud because in two storms, it will be Tropical Storm or perhaps even Hurricane Dolly. Oh, no! But, yep. Isn't that awesome? Uh, tonight, the ALSCO Uniforms 500 is supposed to be taking place at Charlotte. It is... 208 laps worth of racing, going green at 8 p.m. And I've been watching the weather. The forecast as it is right now, it's raining. It's supposed to stop raining around 7 o'clock tonight. There is a very brief window where the rain possibility drops down to about 30 to 35 percent. So there is chance of bad weather the whole time through. But the good news is that the rain does drop off late tonight and then early tomorrow morning. Rain expected Thursday, Friday, Saturday as well, so if this one does get rained out, there will be more of an impact, less of an opportunity for them to run the makeup race as the week proceeds. But it's raining now. Bertha might just be a NASCAR fan. She sounds like a NASCAR fan, so we'll see if she decides to let off and uh, let the racing go green.
2: When are they going to build an oval with a roof?
1: They need to. Oh, they were actually talking. And this is kind of racing relevant. The Hard Rock uh, Stadium in Miami, where they proposed on having the Formula One Mm -hmm. race in the parking lot. They're converting the stadium to be a drive in movie theater in the very near future. Uh, since no football can be played in there, the stadium is just sitting vacant right now, so they're going to figure out a way to open it up and put a big screen and then have people drive their cars straight in. Uh,
3: we actually, when I walked at, worked at Rockingham Motor Speedway here in Northamptonshire, we seriously discussed putting a cover over the racetrack. The problem is, at that point, you can't see from the stands. Mm. However... We wanted to put a, a, a second deck on because we were booked out so much for testing that it was the only way that we could get more testing in was if we actually put two decks on and had people running on both levels at the same time. It was it was something that we talked about for uh, an April Fool, actually. But hmm. nowadays, I would think, wouldn't you, share that it can't be beyond... The realms of structural engineering to To build a
2: rain tire
3: to put to build well no (laughs) rain tires we 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 experimented with rain tires as well and we did run rain tires in ascar in in the uk um but to put a lightweight roof over the top of it certainly a small speedway where you know you could Suspend it with cables and things like that, so it didn't affect the viewing so much. Maybe I mean you can't do it at Daytona. I wouldn't have thought or Talladega, no. but Bristol maybe. I,
1: uh, I Bristol don't know. Martinsville, some of the smaller tracks possibly. The big issue that you run into is noise. For one thing, these cars are stupidly loud with an open uh, top point. stadium. If you enclose it, it would be like Monster Jam, but times 70. It would... And
3: there's fumes to think about, so you couldn't totally...
1: And the fumes. Yeah. That's the other thing. Uh, Jonathan yeah.
3: man says the chilli ball has a roof.
1: Hmm. Uh, yes, that's true. But the dirt cars are not as loud as the stock cars. Oh, I don't know. They're, they're still loud, but... You... There and are fewer of, the dirt... of
3: them. There are fewer of them.
1: In yeah, fairness. and the, the dirt itself would help to deaden the, the noise. That is because... very
3: true. That is actually very true. Uh, right turn lover says, shouldn't they build an oval in the desert, invite NASCAR to race there that could do with the irrigation? It has been a year (laughs) like that, hasn't it? And the responsible adult, already, I'm sure, looking at the uh, financial services regulations about um, disposing and then buying of of shares, uh, says, how about the Royal Albert Hall oval? That would be undercover. It would be very short. I'm not sure we could get cup in there. To be honest, we could if, you took,
2: if you took the logis out, then you could probably get a quarter of a mile in there, couldn't you?
3: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but you're well, reducing
2: the spectator area, which means it's not going to be profitable. So how
3: how how long is the speedway in in Cardiff in the in the Millennium Stadium? Is it still called the Millennium Stadium? It's not is it? It's called uh, I think Cardiff it's still called the
2: Millennium Stadium. Right, okay. Yeah,
3: but that that can run with roof closed. Yes. and. And we've run it. We ran a super special smashing stage um, for Wales Rally GB. With only the only two
2: cars, though, not the. No, but Speedway running there. In NASCAR.
3: Speedway NASCAR. run run. um Speedway run, I think, closed with two strokes. It does get a bit foggy after a while. <laughs> Rob Jana. <Gina. laughs> Uh, Memories of Rockingham and NASCAR, happy days, love being on the safety team there. And by the way, um, thank you to everybody who was listening in to Jim Cameron, Tank Slider, um, and who were already ridiculously excited about Race of Remembrance, including those who said, oh, I must, must, must get my application in to be a marshal there. Um, Without marshals, it can't happen. So thank you. Very much indeed for those of you, including David Walton, who said, uh, I won't be racing, but I'll get my thermals out and put my name down for that. Thank you. That's really appreciated uh, for uh, for that. And there was something else that I saw as well. Oh, ah, yeah, Simon Hoff says, uh, for the SEO, I could send them a collection of broken bits from the Lotus Elise from all my trips to Le Mans. Seven years. It wasn't racing, though, Simon, was it? But I, I, I see what you're saying. It, it's a story in itself. Hmm. It's a furlong, says Eve, in the Royal Albert Hall, whatever that is.
2: Uh, not very far. Hmm.
3: And Alan Prosser said, didn't the Pontiac Silverdome have an inflatable roof before they condemned the building? Hmm. Possibly. And anybody who's Welsh, says Alan, and he is uh, Welsh, says we don't call... The Millennium Stadium, the Prince, uh, Principality, that's Principality. what yes. so it is.
2: Principality. Yes.
3: It's still the Millennium Stadium as far as the Welsh are concerned. And I'm quite happy to call it that because I've worked there a few times and I did some stunt driving in the undercrofts of that for a movie once. It was good fun. Yes. Let's move on. Yes, carry on. Uh,
2: Mike Brown. Yes. Is a senator for Indiana. Right. And he has uh, written to the acting. Secretary of the Department mm. of Homeland Security, Chad yes. Wolf, uh, to say, uh, please let racing drivers come into America.
3: Mm. Yes, this is interesting. Um, they weren't on the list of exemptions for professional sports people. Um, yes. However, share uh, you were the one that came up with this great stat that only 12 IMSA entries in the uh, WeatherTech could run with their regular drivers. As it as it stands, uh, we know that uh, people to Rani and Felipe Nazet caught a plane at very short notice yesterday to get in before, before Brazil was was closed. Off.
1: Bringing our total up to 13.
3: Yep. yep. Excellent. Well done. Um, I, I, how's 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 this been? Uh, well, actually, let's have a quote from from Tim before we discuss this.
2: I agree with the administration's efforts to work with professional sports leagues to ensure that with proper precautions sports leagues are able to assist their professional athletes in returning to the United States. I thank you for your thoughtful approach to the pandemic recovery. I would, however, respectively point out the one glaring omission in your recent order, motorsport. As you consider further exemptions to the national interest from a sporting perspective, I implore you to consider adding motorsport to the list of exemptions. And specifically, he mentions IndyCar and IMSA.
3: Yeah, he does. uh, That was very interesting. Now, Mm. as far as I'm aware... As a centre
2: for Indiana, IndyCar kind of important to him because nothing else happens in Indiana.
3: Said our spokesman for the Indiana Tourist Authority. Um, (laughs) uh, Just and correct me if I'm wrong here, either of you. As far as I'm aware, that is an exemption to the quarantine rules which uh, apply to anybody coming in from the states it it still would only give exemption to those who have who are either residents of the usa in which case they would be able to get in uh, and and exempt the quarantine or green card holders or those who have visas that um identify them as what's called exceptional aliens which always sounds to me like it should be something from men in black um so anybody who's coming in on an Esther from an Esther country it, that doesn't affect them anywhere, does it or am i being silly there
2: so he's I... the indycar drivers certainly would be exceptional aliens
3: only if they've got well, yeah, a visa that says that
2: uh, they no will all have.
1: indycar drivers are exceptional aliens i think that's what tim's getting at you uh, have to be an exceptional alien to go 240 miles an hour around the speedway it depends who's paying them and from <laughs> where
2: there are only three indycar drivers who are affected by this anyway it's not and just
3: drivers though it's team personnel it is, yes but yeah. that, that affects
2: yeah. imsa more than indycar as in fact the driver situation does so um alex palau and uh vk yeah. Uh, yeah are the two who are Immediately affected because they're both racing at Texas, which is uh, less than two weeks away. Uh, Max Chilton is also affected, but because he isn't doing the oval races, uh, he's got a bit more time. Yeah,
1: and Felipe nasser would be the other one of those drivers, but as previously noted, he has made it back to the U.S. Good point. Yeah, it, it's interesting that the leagues that they cited specifically, though, John: uh, Major League Baseball, NBA. WNBA, pga lpga nhl and then tennis uh, for both men and women those were the sports that were deemed to have gained permissions mm. so it, it's all stick and ball sports yeah. there's no mention whatsoever of nfl for example though and there's talk about training camps starting up this week mini camps potentially kicking off once the coaches are allowed back in and there's a large number of people in the us who play for the nfl who are from america samoa for example There are no cases there, but you consider their issue trying to get into the U.S., it's going to be this big issue. No one is exempt from the quarantine,
3: but Ah, it's this
1: question of can you even get in to begin with?
3: Right. Okay. And that, as I understand it, is uh, if you're coming from outside, you would still have to have uh, the um, what the exemption is Then in that case is it makes those sport essential travel as if you were a medical professional or, um, you know, an important uh, occupation. and that's, But that doesn't exempt you from normal entry requirements, which means you would still have to have, um, not normal entry requirements, but the, the requirements are that you are a US uh, citizen or have right of, um, uh, right of, uh, what's it called, um, entry, or you have a visa uh, a green card visa or some kind of, um, exceptional alien status.
1: Yeah. I, my parents, uh, for example, are having issues, even getting permission to go to Canada for the summer. Dad is a legal alien of the U S who was a Canadian citizen, but still has British, uh, nationality. Oh, really? So, really? yeah so even though we own property in canada because the border is going to be shut for canada until june 23rd they're now talking about the potential of not reopening it to the u.s because we have such a high number of cases that you could even find drivers like zach robichon for example lives in canada can't he can come into the u.s but then he wouldn't be allowed back into canada
3: and the same presumably for Multimatic, who are based you know who run the master team now and and faf motorsports etc etc yep, and
1: aim vassar sullivan it's a real issue
3: right so the issue as i understand it then is currently only green card holders and u.s citizens can travel to the u.s but they still have to quarantine on arrival That's, correct right. and,
1: and then there's an issue depending on what country they're trying to return to on whether yes. or not they're granted readmittance into their own country
3: well and i, and I, and I think for sports people men or women um the thought would be that they would come to the us and stay there for the season which
2: absolutely because if you're playing in the nba you're playing two games a week every week for yes 24 weeks so you don't have a chance to leave the country again
3: but that doesn't work for motorsport somebody who you know it
2: works more when you've got a condensed schedule
3: Yeah, but it doesn't. Well, I suppose it depends how much motorsport there is. If you look at IndyCar, race
2: on July the fourth, eleventh, twelfth, seventeenth, eighteenth. You're not going to leave the country any time in in those five races. No, that's
3: true. But if you are in IMSA and you have commitments elsewhere, like you know, for a manufacturer in Europe for a 24-hour race at the Nurburgring then mm-hmm. you would not be able to go back after Petite and and take part the following weekend in the Nürburgring 24 because you uh, currently you would be on, in quarantine when you return to your own country. So, yeah, effectively. IMSA, I worked out IMSA's calendar, and if you go out to satisfy the quarantine, because you still have to quarantine on arrival, even if you get the exemption of being allowed in at all, you would have to travel out in the middle of June to be unquarantined. That's not a word I know it's not. To be completed, to have completed your quarantine by the time you need to race for the Fourth of July event at uh, Daytona, and you would be finished in the middle of November, the week after the Race of Remembrance, as we've just uh, said, at at Sebring. That's six months. Six months that you're going to have to, when you walk into the States and put your passport down, you're going to have to say, how long are you staying here, sir? Uh, I'm leaving on November the 16th. 16th. Yeah, at the earliest. And they're going to say, "Uh, and if that's, you know, I'm not sure how long you're allowed to stay.
2: But if you've got a working visa, which professional athletes will do, then racing drivers don't and, t- until the end of the season yeah.
3: racing drivers don't particularly any racing drivers no. who are working for a manufacturer who's based out of the u.s they won't have a working visa they'll be there on a nesta because they're getting paid from outside the u.s
1: it's a messy situation that's for sure mm. and you just hope that those racing drivers who are going to be uh, for lack of a better term stuck here for six months have really good friends to stay with during that time <laughs>
3: Or whoever's employing them have very deep pockets because they're going to have to pay for their accommodation in between all the races because they haven't got a chance to come back.
1: Yeah. It is an interesting situation. Like we're finding companies over here, John, that they're no longer having to um, pay for office space because they're making people work from home. Yes. So they're now having to pay a part of the rent uh, or mortgage for their employees because they're, bigger companies have said, uh. well… You know, we're not paying for the, the office space. We have to still be paying for some office space. It's it's a weird world right now.
3: Didn't I see that uh, Facebook are seriously talking about the fact that, you know, 40% of their employees will be doing more work from home, even when we go back to, quote, unquote, whatever normal is. And they're talking about adjusting people's contracts to pay them less money. Uh, and uh, that's it, to reflect the fact that they're not having to travel backwards and forwards to work or be even oh. anywhere near where they work in, in you know, in the Bay Area and in Silicon Valley, which is interesting. Oh. Huh. Uh, Dave Olcock, by the way, says Estes followed for 90 days only, so um, you could only stay for th- for, three weeks, uh, for three weeks. For three weeks. For three months. months. Um <laughs> So anybody who's going across on an Esther wouldn't be able to stay for the full six months of the series season. They could do um, the first half or the second half. I think there's going to be a lot of US-based drivers who are going to be ringing up major manufacturers, as Stefan Wilson put out a couple of times on on social media and said, Hello, here, I'm here. Certainly works. Uh, Moving on uh let's move
2: to motor racing in the uk which can resume in certain categories from july the 4th this is very interesting and those categories are yeah go on. fia world championships mm. and club racing the
3: the absolute bookends it's it's interesting very very interesting uh this is motorsport uk who's the national association of uh, motorsport organisers in the uk uh opening their opening their doors for applications from the 1st of June for events from the 4th of July. And uh, as Tim says, a a number of... uh, With social distancing, by the way, still uh, in force uh, and a number of other, other additional regulations that we sort of touched on them last week. But it looks like, slowly, slowly, things are beginning to be unlocked and how that will work. International FIA events, of course, would still be governed by people coming into the country by quarantine. So, club racing, let's get cracking, everybody.
0: However,
2: mm. they will only licence half the number of events that would normally take place. Because? They think there won't be enough marshals to go around all of them.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm.
2: So get in there early if you want to uh, organise an event, if you're an organising club.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right turn, love a seeing, depends on which European company you want to go uh, to and from. The US are not even allowed to land. If you come in from the US, you're not even allowed to land in Austria. Never mind a quarantine. Very interesting. Very <laughs> interesting. Uh, a couple of more NASCAR stories from Cher. Uh,
1: we have a very big one. Cast your mind back to when Kevin Harvick got on Twitter because he was mad that Kyle Busch was winning everything in the truck series. and Oh, yeah, he, he,
3: threw, he threw down a challenge, didn't he?
1: He threw down 50 grand to any cup driver who could go in the truck series and beat Kyle Busch at his own game. That 50 grand was matched by the Camping World CEO Marcus Leminus who also put in $50,000 and it didn't take very long for that bounty to be broken. It was Chase Elliott who did the Kyle Busch bow when he got out of the truck last night having won the race. Uh, it was a bit of a mock towards Kyle but hey now, you know he won $100,000, he dethroned the king. And uh, yeah, so the bounty has been claimed, and it means that all the other Cup drivers who signed up for truck races this year, they don't have to do them anymore.
3: Mm. Uh, I, I hope he's going to donate that somewhere uh, to a to a good, sto- uh, good good cause. One more NASCAR story from you.
1: Brad Keselowski won the Coca-Cola 600, just worth noting, because that is one of the big three races that takes place on Memorial Day. It was the only big race that took Mm. place on Memorial Day this year. And the viewership slid quite a bit from the numbers that they had last week when it was more than 6 million. It was just about 4 million this week. But there was a weather delay, so that could Ah. have factored into it. And the the midweek races
3: haven't really taken off either in terms of viewership. But again, weather delays have been a factor there.
1: Correct. And we'll see what happens tonight if the rain does indeed go through tonight. But the viewership in the Coca-Cola 600 this week, given the uh, lack of competition for it on television, was still down from the viewership one year ago at the exact same race. So that doesn't bode well.
3: The very lovely Claire Smith, who's listening in tonight, said before in the UK, before we can organize anything, uh, we have to prove as an organizing club that we can hold the event under government and MSUK, Motorsport UK guidelines. So a full presentation required to say this is how we're going to achieve what needs to be achieved. So it's not just a question of sticking in a place. Can we have a licence to run an event on blah date? You've got to be able to say it's going to be on blah date. It's going to be at this circuit, and this is how we're going to deliver it to stay within the guidelines. Thank you, Claire, uh, for that. And remember race of remembrance entries open race remembrance.com uh, get your entry in as quickly as possible and uh, it will be oversubscribed simple as that uh, imsa let's talk about imsa tomorrow night vir share with Yay. 50 cars and an interesting looking entry list again
1: yeah so in terms of people who are Worthy of being in this race, in my opinion, actual drivers who have actually competed at IMSA events. There's only one driver who does not meet that requirement. So I'm very, very happy because mm. that in itself is a good number. Uh, that driver would be Mr. Jones of the IndyCar fame. That's Ed Jones racing for Scuderia Corsa, a very well-established team in IMSA and made his foray in IndyCar with the team last year. But other than that, everybody else in the field has done at least one MCRA race within the last year. So that's good in any form of the uh, championship in any one of the subdivisions. You've got Joao Barbosa as a previous race winner having taken a victory in 2011 at VIR. But he hasn't raced there in recent years because, of course, he's in a DPI. And it's a GT weekend only. We've got Conor DiFilippi, who took the win there with Alex Sims in 2018. Remember that fuel saving where we didn't believe mm. that they were going to make it to the end? Uh, Corey Lewis, who got Lamborghini's first win in the GT3 platform in 2017 when he got out of the car and had to put his helmet visor down because he was crying. It was such a good moment. Uh, Colin Brown, who won there in 2012 in an LMPC car. We've also got double winner in the, in two of the last five years Nick Tandy, who's taken mm. a pole at the track as well. So Nick's going to be fired up. And he's on off fire at the moment, swing. having
3: having won uh, the last event in the IMSA iRacing series and breaking the BMW stranglehold.
1: Correct. And he finally figured it out, 25th in his first race, which was at Mid-Ohio, 48th in the second round Uh, the third round of the championship and then coming in for a win. So he's really come out of nowhere. It's been a a really good turnaround for Tandy. You've also got people like Lawrence Vantor, who's gotten to be a pretty good sim racer, but he hasn't really broken through yet. He was on pole last year at VIR. So he's going to be another fun one to watch. Westy, for some reason, VIR is a track that he didn't get a win at in the Ford GT era, but he was on pole there and he had a couple of really impressive drives, including in the rain there a few years back.
3: And he, so he's he, been he's very been- unlucky in the sim racing side of things. And I, I yes. just wonder if he if he might get a bit of redemption in virtual reality. Rebel Rock, uh, uh, I, I am going to keep saying the Camaro, and I know it's not the Camaro because Andy Blackmore has done a great uh, Rebel... Uh, rock uh, urban grid sponsorship uh, livery for the bmw but great to see them in again
1: um i did not see them on the entry list for this week uh i'll have to go back through and double check uh but yeah they've been a lot of fun to watch particularly with matt bell and a fun bit of information for you guys matt bell who is associated with that team He's neighbors right now, sort of, kind of, but best friends with John Edwards, who's also running in this. Conor Filippi lives just up the road from both of them. And Kenton Cook lives just south of both of them. So there's like a little community in uh, Davidson, North Carolina, of all of these race car drivers who are all racing against each other. And Kenton and Tom O'Gorman, who won in the Michelin Pilot Challenge in TCR in 2018, they are both in this race So this is finally a race where they've both got winning experience. Uh,
3: And Kenton, of course, coming off a win at Monza for WRT in his first outing for WRT uh, team in the Audi. We were having a joke with him on Saturday evening about maybe this is time to give up his chrome, purple, pink livery uh, (laughs) because it hasn't been. It's been a magnet for other people uh, rather than that. It's... uh, it's 10:30 UK time. That's 5:30 in Eastern numbers. We'll start with the Mission and Pilot Challenge, which takes in some qualifying as well, uh, and then we'll get into the racing. Nick and Ben Constant-Juris will be joining me uh, as we go through the week, oh, going through the uh, practice qualifying and the race really looking forward uh, to that Uh, just about the end of the show finishing tonight Tim with a couple uh, of sad news stories
2: Uh, yes two obituaries unfortunately the first is uh, Phil Boland uh, who was the championship coordinator for the GT Cup series he started his motorsport career in rallying uh, in the late 1960s uh, as both a Driver and co driver, and on the 1978 RAC rally, he was a co driver to Henry Teuvenen uh, in the Ford Escort. Uh, he continued rallying uh, throughout the 70s with the likes of Peter Clark, Jean Pierre Nicola and Kirsty Hemelin. Uh, in the 80s, he switched to circuit racing, uh, doing everything from Formula Ford to Sierra Cosworths, and he also lectured at Myerskoff College on the motorsport program there. Uh, the GT Cup statement reads, In the GT Cup paddock, Phil was not just the man who we turned to with a technical query. He was a go-to guy we sought for counsel and guidance, whether to help understand the situation or to simply draw on his experience. He was always kind with his time and attentive to the issue, quietly considering the matter before giving you his opinion. He was endearing with humility and a wonderful sense of humour who we will all greatly miss.
3: And something intensely personal to us here at Radio Show Limited, as well as anybody uh, who's been involved in historic racing in the past few years. Uh, Mike Bell, one of the nicest men you could ever meet. A proper, proper gentleman. And I say that in every sense of the word as far as motorsport is concerned. If you ever saw the bright canary yellow Escort, uh, that was Mike's car. He drove that with some guska Gusto and has particularly significance to us here because he also owned that little X Porsche, X Works Porsche, Tango, uh, our hero of endurance. He was uh, one of the founders of the 360 Motor Club. Uh, and uh, he was team manager for the Stroke Association team in, in 2013 at Donington Park. He lent us that car. So we could uh, so we could raise funds in aid of the Stroke Association, and allowed uh, some rookie called Andy Merrick, along with David Smith, Paul Dunk, and myself, to drive it in the six hours. And I'll never forget him in his blue working overalls, fettling the car, including welding the accelerator pedal back together because it fell off when I was driving because I was pressing it so hard I think it was totally my fault I'm sure and how much fun he had seeing that car when it was damp carve its way back towards the front of the field going past things that had three and four times the power and the potential Uh, and particularly when Andy Merrick was was driving it that thing was the fastest on the circuit I'm going to have put a quote in here um, that I think is tremendously apposite and sure you'll appreciate this as somebody who's been involved in in motor racing as something that came from one of his friends, uh, Peter Mallet, who said, I would sort of mentioned, you know, how many friends he had in the paddock and he really uh, did. And, uh, it was uh, an extraordinary uh, quote that, that came in that uh, basically uh, said from Peter, um, yes, that's right, uh, about his friends. Indeed, he does leave many friends behind, just like when he raced against us. That's a wonderful thing to say about a friend and anybody who's taken to the track in competition. Uh, our condolences to the friends and family of both of those gentlemen And Mike, in particular, from a personal level, will be much missed in the paddock. That's all for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll start at 8 o'clock with the Tora Radio show. Then it's on the grid. And then don't forget, flip over to RS2 IMSA Radio for the next round of the IMSA iRacing Pro Series VIR with Nick and myself. There's no time to explain. Tonight, the llama is wearing just a little bit of black.